Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Today, I am here with Sarah Walton. You can read all about her in the show notes when they go live for this episode, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself shortly. And we are going to talk today about sales and how can you get yourself in a position where you feel confident with sales. You maybe start to enjoy sales a little bit. Who knows? And uh, Sarah, why don't you just start by introducing yourself? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Haley. I love I love these types of conversations. I wish we could have them all the time, but um, I'm really happy to be here. And um, if you guys have never heard of me before, hi, I'm Sarah, and I am a business mentor, author, and speaker. And my specialty is really in sales, especially for women, and helping us make sales an absolute joy in recognizing that every time we sell, we change someone else's life. Yes, 100%. So When I talk to coaches, a lot of times they love coaching so much that they would just give it away for free. And they almost feel this like guilt factor for Mm -hmm. charging for coaching, especially if it's not like a dollars per hour rate, like they have a program or a package or something and they want to charge a certain amount and they know it's transformational and they know they can change people's lives. But, you know, I would do it for free. I just love it so much. So what would you say to something like that? Well, it's so common. And I use a really extreme example. So just hang on to your hats and glasses because I do go all the way there. But I want you to think about maybe a doctor. Excuse me, I have a cold. So if I clear my throat, please know I'm not trying to sound important. So let's say you're a doctor and you are walking by someone who's bleeding out. And you know you could help them. You just walk by because, you know, you don't want to be salesy. So the person dies. Now, I told you it was going to be extreme. But how insane is that? How crazy is it that we would put our own egos in front of how we can help other people? And that's what that's about. That's what imposter syndrome is about. It's all about our own ego. It's about what will they think of me? How will I look? And you know what? That's not what matters. Sorry. (laughs) I'm pretty straight when it comes to sales, but that's not what matters. What matters is whether or not you're willing to do what it takes to help the person who's bleeding out in front of you in whatever area of life They can't seem to get through. They can't find their way around this roadblock. They keep banging their head against the same wall over and over and over. And you have this extraordinary ability to tap them on the shoulder and go, dude, there's a door right there. Right. And like, that's all that we need to do. And instead we make it about us. Right. And when we're scared to sell, that's all that's happening is egos taking a front seat. 
Yes, for sure. Because it is, that's the main fear is like, well, what if I come across a salesy or what if I look like this? When really it is about them, it is about finding a solution for them. And the other thing, um, one thing that you talked about is if somebody is in front of you with a problem that you know you can help them with, it's kind of your duty to offer something to help them, right? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I hear coaches say as well is, okay, well, I can make an offer, but I don't want to, you know, be pushy or, um, or maybe they, the person has objections initially. And I think as a coach, your job, I think coaching is very similar to sales because it's helping yeah. somebody see new beliefs for themselves, form new you know, decisions that take them to their future self, et cetera. Um, but how does somebody manage objections or something when when they know the person wants, says they have a problem, they want to solve it, but their brain is just a little scared about putting money behind it or, you know, taking a next step to work on it? Like, what would you say to that? Yeah, such a great question. And I think it's such an opportunity to show someone how you coach, right? Because it's literally like, oh, this, this thing, this concern I have is outweighing the positive in my life, right? Like, or the potential for positive in my life. And that's exactly what coaching is about is we're looking at patterns that are causing pain, right? We're looking at past behavior that keeps showing up over and over again, that's keeping someone's life exactly where it is, where they claim they no longer want to be. And so a lot of times in that conversation, always with compassion and always with honesty, you know, I, I've heard people say so many times, it doesn't even matter what you charge, just make the money. And I, eh, kind of, not really. There are times people can't afford to work with you and that's real and we need to honor that. And there's also this idea that like if your water heater broke tomorrow, <laughs> you'd figure out a way to find the money to get it fixed, right? Because it's that important and appropriately so. We all need hot water. Like that's a good thing to put your money towards, right? That's totally appropriate. And it's our job, especially as coaches, to have people understand whether or not it's that important to them. And that's not our call to make. And I think that's a mistake a lot of times people make because you can't be pushy if you're simply presenting. And the second piece of that is honoring where someone truly is. Because there's a big difference between sensing whether someone's like, oh, I'm a little nervous, right? That's okay. That's actually sometimes that's really good because it means they're starting to hit that moment where something's going to change. They're going to do something differently than what they've done before. And that will cause nerves. That's actually like a great sign. And then there is, oh my God, this person's going to think I'm broke. Oh my God, I really can't afford this. And I have to hide this. And I have to say, that's a different thing. And as a responsible coach, I think it's our job to not be thinking about us <laughs> enough that we can be completely with them to actually see, are you ready to break a pattern here? And if you're not, that's okay. But I want you to be honest about what you're up against right now, because this is this is a big decision for you to make. And I think if we can be that direct and that honest, what we're showing them is how we coach. Right. And we don't make coaching about us when we're working with somebody. So why would we make the most important decision they're going to make in our coaching relationship? Why would we make that about us? Does that make sense? Like, it's just, it's like the whole thing needs to be about them. Right. Yeah. And really being honest with yourself, that's a really good point because it's one thing if, like you said, logistically, you truly can't afford it and whatever. But it's another thing if you're denying, like you could find a way to afford it, you could rebudget, you could reallocate, you could do blah, blah, blah. 
and you just are not acknowledging you either need to say, I don't want to make the budget to afford this. I don't That's want right. this, which is fine. That's a yes. good answer. That's fine. If you, if you like your reasons for not wanting coaching, that's great. But if it's, I, you know, I just don't want to, I don't think I'm resourceful, like it more separately. Sorry. It's more like you feel like you don't believe in yourself enough to mm. do it, or it's something deeper. Like you said, like you are right on the cuffs of making a breakthrough, then that is the opportunity to lean in and explore that and learn from that experience and use it as the catalyst to your growth, right? Yeah. And our job as coaches is not to be their best friend. I think this is a really common thing. Like people are, I just want to be liked. I just want them to like me and think I'm really nice and whatever. Your job as a coach is to be their honest friend, <laughs> like be there somebody for them who's going to help them see what patterns they might be missing, et cetera, and reflect that back and help them form a new future for themselves or form new habits or whatever it is that's going to help them reach the goals they want to reach. So when it comes to um, pricing objections, because this is really common, I talk to people who say, I'm not attracting people who can pay for my services. What do I do? I just need better people. Um, what would you say to that? Okay, first of all, I love you guys. It is a horrible thing to, to say because everybody's great. <laughs> Better people, that breaks my heart. And I hear it a lot. And I've said the phrase too, charge what you're worth. Okay, you are worth so much as a human being. There is no price, right? There just isn't. And I think I really want to help transform that language in the coaching industry that I've used too. And I just really want all of us to be aware, like every human being has a right to be where they are and it's their journey. And if they've bumped into you but can't afford you right now, Use that as an opportunity to give them tidbits enough that they save up so they can't afford you, right? It's like always sweeping away debris in the path in front of them and that that's our job. But I hear that a lot. Like, I just need rich people. I need that. And it's like, maybe, or you're not clear on the transformation you're causing too. And that really is, that goes back to the water heater moment, right? Like nothing's going to get in the way of someone getting their water heater repaired. Like it's just not happening. They'll come up with a payment plan. They'll max out a car. They'll do something because there's no way they're not going to let that go. They're just not right? <clears throat> so there's that piece of it. But also when that happens, especially as a coach, I always challenge people to look at who they're not paying for, which sounds really silly, but it comes through so subconsciously in our own language. It's like, if you're not paying for the high-end coach, you can't expect for people to pay for you. It really does work that way. I'm not sure. I really want to do a psychological study because I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I've never not seen it work. Um, and I remember personally really understanding that the first time I sunk, oh my goodness, I think it was $25,000 in a marketing course where I was like, forget it. I'm doing this. Like I no holds barred. I'm doing this. And I worked out a payment plan with them. They're like, most people pay up front. I'm like, that's nice. That's not going to happen, but I'm doing this. Right. Like I was like, get out of my way. Right. And they were so great. And they worked with me on it. And I made that money back in six weeks. Right. Like I worked my tail off cause I was that invested and it is that moment so I experienced that in my own business. And that's when my business absolutely 100% exploded. Part of it was what I learned. There's no question about that. And the other part was what had to happen inside of me to be on the other side of that call when someone's like, oh my God, am I about to do this? And to know what that feels like and to know the difference between this is completely wrong and I'm scared to say no <laughs> versus get out of my way. This is happening. I'm about to change everything. and. I truly believe it's understanding that moment as a human 
Because even if you're a coach, you're still a human. And I think we need to make sure we're eating our own dog food. It's one of my favorite phrases, right? Like if you are saying to somebody, are you afraid to invest in yourself? You better be dang clear. You have an answer on that for yourself. And I really mean that because there's a lot of coachy coaches out there, like just pretending like they have all the money or everything's fine. And it's like, dude, no matter what we do for a living, no matter what we do for a living, we do not get to lift ourselves out of humanity right? We have a shared level of humanity. And that means fear. That means illness. That means bad relationships, great relationships, lots of money, poorer times, right? Like that's what being a human is. And if you want to be the type of coach that really attracts people who are willing to dig deep and look at why they're scared to pay or what's happening or why they think it is crazy, right? That's crazy. That's so interesting. You would say that because we're talking about your life. That's so interesting. And really being with them while they go, oh, crap, I did just say that about my life. And no judgment, but to give them the room to figure out what's going on for them. And once again, you're showing what a great coach you are, because as you said, we're not here to be best friends. But what I love about being a coach is we're not their colleagues. We're not their sister or mom or best friend or a second grade teacher, like whatever it is that they're carrying around, right? We're just there for their success. And part of that means we, we recognize our shared humanity because it's only through that that we can create the room for them to break through whatever's going on for them. So if you're finding you are constantly getting people who are saying, that's insane, or I can't afford that, or I could never work for that, like whatever it is, you need to figure out where that language is existing in you. Because as the coach, you're creating the context for the conversation. And so I would challenge you a little bit and say, where does your own context need to shift around what's expensive, what's worth it, what's not worth it. And you're gonna be really honest with yourself about like, oh my God, you know what? I've never hired a coach. So it's like, how could you go out and tell people you think coaches are the best thing? Or you went to one seminar and you never hired a coach. And it's a little bit of tough love, but I've seen it so many times that until we flip internally what's going on for us, it's gonna to continue to show up out there. And once you make that flip, your marketing copy changes and the way that you talk about things changes and guess what happens? Who shows up changes. But I want us all to be very careful about how we talk about our fellow humans and who can afford things and who can always respect where people are. And just because they haven't had that breakthrough yet doesn't mean they never will, but it also means that you can be there by their side through other means like podcasting or videos. Like we have a podcast, we have a video channel too. And it's like, let me put as much stuff out there as I can for people who can afford it. But I hope if they actually listen and apply, they'll be here soon, right? And that's our job is to help people transform and change what we want to see transformed on the planet. I mean, it's very difficult to do that through judgment, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah. No, I totally agree that being a product of the product and using all of your concerns, excuses, um, objections that you've had when purchasing things in the past and coaching yourself on those first is going to be your best opportunity to be able to relate human to human with your ideal clients and be like, yes, and here's what I did, or here's how I found a way, or here's what I learned from what I was doing. And we are going, if you don't do that, you are going to buy into the exact same things that they're saying. So you're definitely not going to be in a coaching mindset. You're going to be like, 
oh girl, like I hear you. I also, you know, had a unrecognized bill come up that I had to pay for. And like, like you buy into it with them, which is not your job as the coach. The coach is to hold space, like you said, and lift them up towards the future they want and be in that place for them so that they can see an example of what's possible. And the other thing you talked about is if somebody has a real need to solve a problem, like if your water heater broke or whatever, you would find a way to solve it. So I want to talk about the urgency factor a little bit, yeah. because a lot of times the people think the only way to create urgency is if I have a discount, you know, a 24 hour discount, or you got to sign up right now if you want these bonuses or whatever. And I'm, that could be helpful perhaps, but I think the big thing to think about is why is it not urgent to start living your best life? Why is it not urgent to take time for yourself? Why is it not urgent to bet on yourself and invest in yourself? Why is it not urgent to like see these goals that you have that you've been putting off and start taking action towards them? So can you talk a little bit about the urgency factor and some ways or questions or things we can think about when it comes to creating that sense of demand urgency? urgency? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I have one I love, you guys. I hope everybody, if this fits for you, just take it and use it. Like, God bless, take it. Um, <clears throat> and I say this a lot, but I really believe it. You asked the right question, which is why is it not urgent for us to change our lives? Um, and my honest to God answer to that is we have money and time confused. We have it like money is finite and time is forever. We're like, I'll do it tomorrow. I have all the time in the world. No, you don't. Time is actually the one thing you don't have. It's the only non-renewable resource we have. And if the last two years have taught us nothing, including the war that's currently being waged, we aren't promised tomorrow. Like that is the one thing we don't have, right? Is a promise that, yeah, over the next three years, if you feel like maybe making yourself a better person, eh, maybe you might get around to it on the weekends, right? No, we don't have that. That's actually um, a fallacy. It's a myth. And then we have it like money's finite. Oh, there's only so much. It comes in, it goes out, and then that's it except that it comes in and out forever. Have you ever noticed at any moment you can generate money? I say this to people all the time. Now, I'm not just a coach for coaches. I coach all business owners. And, you know, I've said to people for so many, so many years, you can create a business out of anything. You can look around the room right now and recognize how many things you paid for. Like I can see my lights. I can see my camera. I can see my laptop. I have my microphone. I have this necklace. I have every single thing was something somebody created out of thin air because they created it and I paid the money for it. That is forever. That will always be happening. And anytime you doubt that, when you're living in a moment of scarcity and you're like, yeah, right, Sarah, I can't pay my electric bill. I gotcha. I totally feel that. I want you to go to a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts and just watch. Just watch the amount of money that's in circulation. The money's here. It will always be here. It's always going around. Always. It never, ever, ever stops. And if you can grasp that and you can start to look at like, oh my gosh, where can the money come in? Then you start to recognize, oh, wait, I only have a finite amount of time. And so I share that because <clears throat> when you really grasp that and you can put that in your marketing copy, you can put it in a story in Instagram. It's not that long and the concept is very profound. And I use it almost every single time that we open up a program. It's like, okay, I got it. Yeah, we'll probably open it up again. Maybe. I don't know when that date is, but wouldn't you want to already be done by then? Like, why would you not want to be done? And I think you asked all those questions, Haley, in your question, and it was brilliant. So as far as urgency, aside from the truth of the matter that we are not promised tomorrow, you don't know when this is going to be offered again. And there's that reality. 
And if you're unhappy in one area of your life, why would you wait to start to look at that? There's That doesn't make sense, right? So yeah. when we look at the sense of urgency, what I like to do is I'm much more, I know there's a lot of pressure and a lot of fear-based marketing out there. That's not necessarily my jam. Um, but what I do like to talk about is the inspiration behind that. You know, if it's six months from now, my favorite phrase is, and your socks are rolling up and down. Like you are so happy. What would you have had to do to cause that? And that truth in that, like, oh my God, it will be six months from now. And I'm going to be in this exact same position if I don't do something. I think the honesty in that, that that alone can create enough urgency. But if you want some fun tips and tricks for urgency, um, I love giving 15-minute coffee chats to people who sign up within the first 20 24 hours that I offer something. One, I love them. <laughs> Two, it doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't cost me anything. And I get to know more people that are looking at my stuff. And they just signed into one of my programs. I want to get to know them really well. Um, I love that. And I also love PDFs or past courses or videos that other people have had to purchase that you can give as a gift in a certain amount of time. One, because it's an addition, right? It's not pressure. It's a joy. It's a celebration. And I really teach celebration marketing and sales because if someone's choosing to change their life by being with you, you should be celebrating that with them every step of the way. Because for a lot of people, that is the first time that they've decided to open that door for themselves. That's the first time they've opened themselves up to something brand new. And I think if we rob them of that experience of joy and instead put pressure on it and try to twist, which is what's been taught for so many years, it just makes me sick. I think we're doing everyone a disservice. So the urgency can already be there if you understand that now is the time. <laughs> and as far as tips and tricks, give away joy, give away happiness, give away connection with you and make it a celebration. Love it. Yeah. So you really do have to think about your intentions behind things because it is totally going to come across, like you said, in your co your copy and your content. And I always think about the mirror effect, like people will mirror how you're showing up. So if you're if you're putting all this pressure, like it's almost time, you've got to sign up now. Da, 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 da. When our when we feel pressured, our brains shut down. We're not in a key decision making like opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> when we're like open to possibility, curious, excited, like you said, celebrating, we're in a much more stable state to be like, okay, I'm actually curious how I can make this work or logically what might this look like if I start now. And the cost of inaction is a real thing too. Yeah. Just like you said, like if in six months from now, I'm in the same place or in a worse place versus if I do this. And even if working with whatever, whoever you work with or whatever you choose doesn't get you to exactly the ideal spot you thought it was going to get you to. Cause life, as you know, we always have these ideal pictures about I'm going to be at the beach and I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be doing that. And then sometimes we, you know, are a little short or, or whatever, or doesn't happen in the timeline we expect or whatever. But even so you are going to be further along than if you didn't do anything. And you're going to know a lot more than if you didn't do anything. And you're going to be in a much, have better skill sets, have a byproduct effect in other areas of your life, et cetera, versus if you didn't do anything. So to me, I'm more like, let me start going in the direction. Even if I'm like, take a couple wrong turns and I get lost a little bit along the way, I'm still going to be further towards the destination than if I was just standing here where yeah. I am right now. So really good um, feedback there. Now, tell us a little more about, you said something along the lines of like in sales, we fall into a certain pattern 
as women in particular. So tell us more about that. Uh, I'm a little curious about it. I don't know <laughs> used, but I'm excited to hear more. Yeah. So this was actually, it's a brand new phrase, you guys. So if you haven't heard it, don't freak out. But every single woman I've said this phrase to goes, yes. Right. And I believe if I have this wrong and somebody knows, please tell me. But um, I believe it came from Renee Brown and all of her studies. About five months ago, she started talking about this. And I think it's brilliant. It's called high functioning codependence. And if you break it down, right, high functioning. <clears throat> so this is for all you, all of you power coaches out there, right? Like all of the women who are doing all the things that keep society running, I call it the invisible work, right? All the laundry, all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the grocery shopping, the gas filling, all the things that women usually tend to be in charge of in a household, <clears throat> whether you're single or have children, right? Like it's the, the things, all those things that we tend to do. Um, and we're incredibly high functioning. We can do it. We're totally capable of it. And there's a physiological reason for that, that I've talked about for years. I'm so happy to have like this phrase behind it now too, but if you were born into a female body, um, the connective tissue between the right and left hemisphere in the brain is thicker and there's more of it than in a male brain. And this is why women are so great at multitasking because it literally can go back and forth faster. And men are really great at staying focused on one thing. And I always joke if you have brothers or husbands or men in your household at all, and you're like, they're watching TV and you say, hey, could you help me with this thing? They're like, but I'm watching TV. Right. And meanwhile, we're like, yeah, did you get that thing for dinner? No, put that over there. I want that slide there. Yeah. Did you get that? No. Did you get back to the center? Okay, great. Thanks. Boom. And we're doing for, it's just the way we function. It's that level of high functioning on a lot of different levels, but there's a nastiness that comes with it called the codependent piece, right? So it's high functioning codependence and the codependent piece comes in <laughs> and, um, Glennon Doyle talks about this in her book. Oh my gosh. I can't remember the name of it. I can see it. Or yes, that's it. Thank you. So I'm like, I can see the cover. Thank you for that, Haley. Yes. Where she talks about how women are rewarded for being selfless, right? The more you lose yourself in the service of others, never mind if you're about to drop dead, the more we as other women reward you. Oh my God, you're so amazing. You're just killing it. I watch all your it's just like, but how often do we stop and say, how are you doing? Right. And it's starting to come out more and more women are like, dudes, I'm about to drop dead. Like it's just happening because we're hitting this fever pitch and it's this high functioning codependence. And because we're rewarded for it, mostly by each other and society needs it in order to run. Right. So we're the ones who are going to have to help unpack this for each other, where it's like, dude, slow down. I got you. Not in the point that you're pulling someone down. I don't mean that. But like, are you OK? Are you taking care of yourself? When's the last time you slept? When's the last time you had your blood work done? Like, are you taking care of you and really supporting each other in doing that? And that's part of our shared humanity. Now, where this comes into sales is exactly what you started with, especially with coaches where they're like, I should just do this for free. Because we as women are constantly rewarded for serving everyone else for free. It's what we do. And for those of you that are parents listening, if you've ever like helped out at school lunch, there's always a ton of moms there. And the one dad will show up and everyone freaks out and acts like it's the second coming. Oh my God, he's so amazing. Oh my God, it's so good. Meanwhile, you've been there for three months and no one said a word. That's the kind of stuff we need to stop doing, right? And if that's nothing against the men, we're doing that as women, that we're perpetuating that idea that we should do everything for free, that our work isn't as valuable and it shouldn't be acknowledged in the same way. And that damaging idea bleeds right into your business 
especially when it's a heart-centered business that helps people. It's like you have to have so much compassion for yourself because you're working against all of those societal pushes. And what's so insidious about it, and that's why I'm so glad we have a name for it, is it's literally just been in the air that we breathe. It has been a part of our culture and society for so long, we didn't even recognize it. It's like that old analogy everybody always talks about, like a fish in water. You can't explain what water is to a fish. It has no distinction for water. It just is. And that's what this whole thing has been for women all these years. And now we're starting to be able to distinguish it and call it something, which is high-functioning codependence. And it dramatically affects your ability to sell well and with heart in your business. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so that's your science lesson for today, people. But, what you know. is? What are we to do? What should we do about that? Well, I think the most important thing is to recognize it, right? And talk to your friends about it. I'm just encouraging all women to just start talking about it. Just You don't have to get mad about it. You don't have to call anyone else out on it. But I think the more we make it a conversation, the more we're going to be able to alter it. But I think it's also for us to call ourselves out. <clears throat> Amy Porterfield was talking about it with Brene Brown too. She's like, I was dying. I was absolutely dying. And then I heard you say that phrase. And she's like, I didn't want anybody. And I can't tell anybody. That's the thing we need to fix, right? So that's kind of leading by example where we call each other and go, ah, uh, help. <laughs> like I am totally drowning. Like, and that it's okay. And that we support each other in doing that. And it doesn't mean that the next day we won't get up and be totally fine. But in the moment to say, I'm out, we're ordering dinner, whatever it is that you need to say, I'm not doing it right now, that that's okay. And you don't have to be pissed or be obnoxious or not do what you said you were going to do. That's not what I mean. But rescheduling, moving, being honest, those sorts of things, I think we as women need to support each other in doing that first. And then when it comes to sales, I want you to remember the doctor scenario, walking past the patient, right? You have been trained to do that for free. You've been trained that you're a bad person if you don't do it for free. Oh my God, she's so selfish. Was she work? And like someone else watches the kid? Like, we, nah. Like that's the kind of stuff we need to start to pull out. And that's on us because it's mostly women doing it to other women. And again, no one's a big bad here. We've just been grown up. We've just grown up with it, right? So it's time to sort of dissemble it with compassion for each other. So I think that really is the first step is talking about it. The second step is acting on it and helping each other out, calling out someone who's drowning. <laughs> just being like, dude, you look amazing and it's okay. Do you want to go grab a cup of coffee? Can I get you anything? Like those sorts of conversations where we show up for each other. Um, and not rewarding the selflessness all the time. <clears throat> and then finally, like I said, remembering that doctor scenario, you're here to help. You're here to serve. And the universe will support that. I truly believe that. You can call it science, whatever the heck you want to call it. Money goes to where the perceived value is highest. Always. Like I have an old t-shirt in my stepmom's that looks like a rag. You couldn't pay me $10,000 for that t-shirt, right? Because that's my perceived value. Your perceived value will dictate where the money flows. So Love if you it. do not perceive your work as valuable, nobody else will either. 100%. And when you give value out, expect that it will come back to you. It might not come back to you in the ways you think it's going to or from the person you gave it to, but it does come back to you. But I also want to bring it home because you just wrapped that up really nicely and talk about, I think a lot of that codependence thing comes from thinking as women, it's our responsibility to make everybody happy. And we're responsible for everybody outside of us feelings and, and how they feel and what, like, it's our job. When really, we need to prioritize our own well being so that we can serve at the highest level so that we can help people and recognize, 
like the doctor walking by, sometimes we wouldn't even recognize that if we're so focused on, I have 12, 12 million different projects and I have to make my, everybody so happy and da, 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 da. like, just, it is not your load to carry to make sure everything is perfect and everything outside of you is, you know, to like, I mean, obviously if you're a parent, it's important to be a parent, but you know what I mean? Like just taking responsibility so much for other people's perceptions of you yeah. and social media has perpetuated, you know, has encouraged that as well. So um, anything else you want to add, Sarah, about what we've just talked about today? Yeah. I mean, the other thing I just say about that high functioning codependence, and I think what you said was so important. Um, and guys, I want you to think back because this really does start young where our job is to make sure everyone else is okay. And that's how, where the high function codependence comes from is like anytime you were told as a little girl, like, oh, don't cry. Where's that pretty smile? That kind of stuff. It's like your emotions are bothering me. So please stop having them. Right. And you want to watch, especially those of us that are parents, like since I've been studying this, I'm like, oh, I better watch my own mouth. Right. Because we don't want to perpetuate it. And where we have, we'll just clean it up and keep moving forward and trying to do a better job. But that idea that your emotions matter, too. And part of being a coach is being responsible that your own emotional needs are being met because it's very difficult to coach if your emotions are being hidden or you feel like you don't have the right to have them, which is really more of the problem under this high functioning codependence is we're not allowed to say, hey, I'm tired. We're not allowed to say this is not working for me because we're just supposed to make it work. And I think acknowledging that, I'm so glad you said that, Haley, because that's a really important part of this, you guys, especially as coaches. I never don't have my own coach. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be super straight with you guys ever. I've never not had a coach. Sometimes it's a business coach. Sometimes it's marketing. Sometimes it's sales. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's emotion. I don't care, right? There's always something that there is for me to be learning or to be cleaning up or to even advance on. And so this idea that we're not supposed to do that or we're supposed to have all the answers, that's that BS guru male thing in coaching. Mm -mm. Take care of your own emotions so you can be there for other people. It's really important and it's wise. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and same thing here. Like at every level, there's a new ceiling to break. And I was just telling my clients yesterday, I'm doing a challenge myself right now of one thing a day that's kind of like a dare to yourself. Like I dare you to try this or do this. And it has to be something that makes you very uncomfortable at the level you're at. So not something that you would have thought was uncomfortable when you were first starting out that you now do a second nature, but like new things that are very uncomfortable. And um, I asked if they want to do it with me because I'm still even, you know, at every level, we're never just done. And I think I that's hope not. Thing is that, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. You know, some people think, well, once I hit 100K, then I can just relax in my business. It's like, finally, I made it. It's a real job. Like, no, no, that's just the beginning. Like this is where it really starts, right? So um, I think always challenging yourself and being that example is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. And acknowledging that you're taking that time for yourself or you're doing that for yourself and having your own back in the process is really important instead of just always thinking about, well, I got to take care of everybody else. I got to put their oxygen masks on and do this and that. So um Really good stuff today, Sarah. And where can everybody um, connect with you and find you online? Yeah, you can come on over to sarahwalton.com. Actually, if you go to sarahwalton.com slash freedom, I have a freedom calculator there where you can calculate to your point, Haley, how much money do you need to make in your business to feel free? 
Like that's really the goal is like, what is that number and how do you find it? Um, so there's that, but we're also on Instagram. It's at the not because I'm the Sarah Walton, but because my name was taken. Um, and then we're also over on YouTube where you can find us. And I do a weekly video series, series, not series, a weekly video series called Sarah uncut where I flip on my phone and we never know what's going to happen, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So you can find cool. me. There. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. And for everybody here who is catching this episode about sales, um, I have a free sales superhero journal. So if you ever get stuck on what to do in, with your next steps with sales or how to break through that imposter syndrome, feel free to DM me on Instagram and we can get you the superhero sales journal. And um, thanks again, Sarah. I appreciate you for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Haley. It's been great. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.